Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today, we've got Hollywood actress, put your hands together for Charlotte. They say never meet your idol, and I met a couple of my idols, the great Al Pacino. When I was 18, and someone said to me, Charlotte, if you really want to be an actress, go to the US. We're going to Hollywood at a young age. I got some acting jobs. Actually, I booked Scary Movie 5. I did Ocean's A and Sandra Bullock, who was amazing. That's what happened to me in Duchess where I co-wrote this script and the studio said it's great but this is we'd want to do it for a bigger budget and we'd want Charlie Sterone to play the lead. I said great never gonna happen. I just want to go to the US I'll get it out of my system I need to get this acting buzz and then I'll come back to the UK. I've done it. Get proper job. <laughs> Did The Reckoning my first film that I produced and co-wrote. I won 13 awards for that movie. You know, I've come across some really bad people as well. Very powerful bad people. They picked on the wrong girl. There's these Bond rumours going around right that I'm, I might be the next Bond girl. Jane Bond. I think a lot of people knew what was going on and covered for him because he was a powerful producer with lots of money and influence. Mm. Imagine if it like Scarface but a woman. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So welcome to the latest episode of the Criminal Connection podcast. I'm Terry Stone, a.k.a. The Podfather. And uh, today (laughs) we've got Hollywood actress Charlotte Kirk in the building. 
Put your hands together for Charlotte. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so Charlotte, we um, we met. Um, I think it's probably about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Through for our mutual friend Kirsty, yeah. um, and obviously you know you've been a big supporter of of, of what we've done, and uh, I've obviously seen a lot of your work. You know, I just really wanted to get you on the show and uh, talk a little bit about your career. Talk about my career, yeah, yes. Because when you grew up, mm-hmm. did you know that you wanted to be an actress? There wasn't a defining moment where, you know, I watched something or I saw something on stage and was like, that's it, I want to be an actress. It was just kind of, uh, uh, it's always kind of, it sounds very cliche, been in me, right? I've always wanted, right. I've always performed. You're a I've performer. Always, <laughs> performer, exactly. I've always been a right. monkey business, a performer. Right. And... Um, yeah, and then in, in drama, I went to drama school. So so would you say, like, from, from a child, really, you knew you wanted to be up on stage or... Yes. Sing, was yes. it singing, dancing, acting, or was it just acting. Performing? performing? Acting, acting, acting mainly, yes. Right. And, um, yeah, sec- it, when I was in secondary school, I did. I convinced my mum and dad to put me in weekends. Because where, where were you in England? So born and raised in Bexley Heath. Right, okay. And then I went to the local performing arts school, Jigsaw. Right. And then at weekends. And yeah. then I went to the Miskin Theatre after, so I left school at 17 and then went to the right. Miskin Theatre, did dance, drama and sing in there. And when I was 18, 19, someone said to me, Charlotte, if you really want to go, you know, be an actress, do it for real, go to the US. I was like, really? Really? You were going to Hollywood at a young age. Oh, yes. Very wow. young, on my own, didn't know anyone. You know, I, I didn't go I didn't go to RADA. I, I didn't come from a very certain posh family. You know, there's still quite right, a class right. system here. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Fuck it. I feel like the US is very different. I think right. you know, the opportunities are vast, you know, and they still Absolutely. are. Back then they were. And they still are today. So I was like, yeah, I, I think if I don't do it now, I'm going to regret it. So right. so how old was you when you went to Hollywood? Well, I went to New York first. Right. 19. And I mean, that is so ballsy just to like go, fuck it, I'm going to New York to be an actress. I, know. I mean, you know, did, did, <laughs> did, was you, did you, were you lucky in that your parents could support you or did you literally just go there with nothing and then you had to sort of make it. I had some, I had did some work here in the UK when I was in drama school. Some com- I got some commercials, did some right. modelling as well. Right. So I had a little bit of some, some savings, right. um, but it wasn't going to last long. Yeah. So went to New York, uh, got my visa, but right. I got an O1 modelling visa, right? right okay. So that doesn't, I ca- that doesn't allow me to act. Right. But I got some acting jobs. Actually, I booked Scary Movie Five. I was wow. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah. I couldn't do it. Because it was an O one one modelling visa. It's like, you can be in it, but you can't speak. You can be in it as a model. I, I, mean, like, I mean, scary movie. F- I mean, I actually remember <laughs> those movies, right? And, uh, you know, they were really good fun. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I suppose really t- 19 to have an opportunity like that. I, I mean, know, that was that was, that was was great. No, I was lucky. I was But annoying lucky. at the same time, like you said, because, you, you know, if you get an acting role, you want to act. You don't want to just walk around looking pretty. Oh, you wanna, no, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. But, you know... I was so young back then and I, I still had so much to learn as an actor, you know, right. I still had so much to learn. My first role, oh my God, it was in New York. I Just to get my SAG, my union, to get a good right. O1 acting visa, I had to do some so You're a member anything. of SAG? Yes. You were allowed to do this interview today? <laughs> Technically, I don't know actually. Actually, well, no, I'm no, not no, you might be on strike, but we can still talk. 
Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not promoting anything. So, uh, yes. Right. Um, Um, Yeah, so my first, I had a couple of smaller roles here and there, lucky enough to meet some amazing people along the way. Um, They say never meet your idol, and I met a couple of my idols, such as the great Al Pacino. Wow, what was he like? Absolutely amazing. He's such, such a nice person, you know, he's just a good person. You know, when you meet like, Massive A-lister, you think, oh, my God, they're going to be, you know. Do you know when he speaks? Does he speak? When he speaks, does he speak like that? He goes up like this, and he goes like that, then he goes back down like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? No, you know, he has that intensity, you know. Was it hard to talk to him, though? Because I always find, like, you know, if I grew up watching Appuccino or Marlon Brando or De Niro or whoever, and I've got three or four movies that I love, I'm in. I know. Right, and, and I, I, this happened to me um, with Sean Connery. I was in the Bahamas with a mate of mine, and uh, she went, oh, Sean's a dear friend, he's coming over. And I was like, wow. She said, don't worry, I'll sit him next to you, right? So I'm sat at this table, Sean's sat here, he's got to have been 84, 85, wow. tall, good-looking, charismatic, in great shape. I'm chatting away to him, and all he wanted to talk about was golf and red wine. <laughs> And, and, I'm, and, I, like, and, I, and I'm really trying to sort of go, you know, uh, yeah, Sean, you know, great about the golf. You know, yeah, you know, that Barolo's amazing. You know, the Montrachet and this and that and that, you know, all the whites and all the reds, all the different wines. And, you know, what was your favourite role you played? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, I, I did a bit of acting, you know. Um, I, was, I was in a few movies, good movies. But, and then he starts talking about red wine again. And I was thinking, I just, you know, when you're sitting with someone like that, it's so cool and you wanted to talk to him about... You know, James Bond, you yeah. were the best Bond, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. But he, he 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 literally was probably one of the nicest, most charismatic, uh, and, and I'm sure, I don't know if he was like with Val, whether he liked talking about his career or... Loved it. Right. But some actors don't. So Brando is one of my favourite actors of all right. time. Brando didn't like acting as much. So to him, it was just a job, and he, he didn't think he was that into it. He had other, you know, he, he wanted to change the world and, yeah. and do all these amazing things. But you know Marlon Brando in The Godfather? He was the inspiration for me doing this show as the podfather. <laughs> I see some resemblance. But I I, all I need to do is... I need to, <laughs> Where's your cat? I need to put a little bit of weight on. <laughs> I need to get a cat and I need to put the moustache on. And that's it. And put some tissues in my mouth. Definitely put some tissues. You heard it. about the, that, the audition yeah, for that, right? Brilliant. And, and he just literally boot polish, boom, you know, <laughs> tissues. And, 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 but they, I remember reading um, the book about that movie and about... Brando and the studio didn't want Brando in that movie. They didn't want him in, and the insurance said it was just it was just too much. So, was it Francis Ford Coppola auditioned him, and he didn't even know he was being auditioned. <laughs> he came to his house with a, a camera recorder, and he and Brando, uh, Marlon Brando came down the stairs, and it was like Sunday morning, and he came down in his in his PJs, and he was like, "Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I've read the script. I like it. I'm just one second. Went upstairs, came back downstairs again, and he came back with all this stuff in his mouth, and he came back, and he just transformed into the godfather and, 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 and it was just and that film i mean that really did show francis ford coppola's genius that he knew who he wanted for each role he knew brando was going to smash it as the godfather and he knew al pacino was going to smash it yeah right but the studio didn't want either of those characters no they didn't and uh it's funny that that just shows what a visionary Absolutely. coppola was also the first few um dailies of the the film the studio was worried about Pacino's performance. 
I don't think he'd quite trans, you know, transformed into the Godfather at that point because it was the first few days where he was the son and he hadn't quite become the Don yet. So I watched, I watched, um, I think I saw Scarface um, and then I saw some other films and then I think I discovered the Godfather like much later. And when I watched it, I, it, it made me laugh because when you looked at Pacino, the reason he was so perfect in that role as, as Michael Corleone was because he just looked innocent. Exactly. He looked young. He looked naive. Do you know what I mean? And then he just switches into this like, yep. actually, I've killed a few people in the army. Now I'm going to start killing people on the street. Actually, I can do this. You know what I mean? Yep. And and that that when, when you watch that, you completely believe it. And he transformed. And, he transformed, yeah. didn't he? And that was that was the genius of Al Pacino. Yeah. But what was he like when you spoke to him? Did, was he into red wine as well? Uh, yes, but not to the extent of Connery, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, he loves he loves his craft. He loves to talk about actors. Right. He loves to talk about acting. He loves to talk with other actors. Right. Um, you know, he's a real, real thespian. Give you any tips? Mm. Don't look in the camera. No. Learn your lines. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was just, just kind of... I wanted to get to know him as a person, you know. Yeah. Like, what? Well, it was just incredible. But I told him that I was playing Nicole Brown Simpson, OJ Simpson's right. wife, and he's like, "Really? Wow!" And he's just—he's fascinated by things. He's fascinated by everything, and I think that's what makes you a great actor, you know. Like when yeah. you, when you, when you're curious, what makes you a curious person about life and other people? And he was just curious and interested right. about, you know, about you. So mm. it's really cool. So who else did you meet that was cool? Who else have I met? De Niro. Right. Okay, met, met De Niro at uh, I mean, the film festival, Tribeca Film Festival. I was like, ah, you're English. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, it's proper, got that cool swagger all the time. Um, yeah, uh, De Niro, who else? What was De Niro like? Because I've not, I've, I've, I know somebody who knows uh, Pacino and De Niro, and they said Pacino is, like you said, exactly how you said it. Absolutely. But De Niro's a little bit more reserved and he's, he's a little bit more private. Yes. Um, he's, you know, he's quite sort of, you know, yeah. I don't know what words you'd use, but he's, he's yeah, he's reserved. He's reserved. Yeah. He's definitely more reserved and um, serious. 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 I didn't meet. He, I only spoke with him briefly. Right. Um, I never, unfortunately, met Brando. That's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> what about Jack Nicholson? No, Robert Evans. Robert Evans. Right. Okay. Was this all in New York? Mix. L.A. Right, and New right, York. Okay. So, so from so from from New York. <clears throat> When did you actually then go, right, I'm going to go I was in New York for Coast. about six months. Right. And I realised that a lot of the auditions, a lot of the jobs, all of that were in LA. Right. So then I just said, okay, pack my bags again. Right. Let's go to the, let's go to the West Coast. And what was that like compared to New York? I like New York. I think I prefer, I prefer New York. Right. I love the energy. I love that. It's very similar to the UK. You yeah. know, it's a city. You can walk everywhere. It's that energy mm. about it. LA is very different. Um, beautiful, you know, beautiful weather, amazing lifestyle, right? You go hiking and the beach and it's all that kind of stuff. Beautiful, but um, just a different vibe. Different yeah, vibe. when I, the first time I went, I actually, that sounds weird, but was, I was disappointed because I went there and a friend of mine said, look, you know, you've got these contacts in, in, in California. Uh, you know, we'll have a, a couple of meetings, see mm -hmm. what we can collaborate on. And uh, stayed at the uh, Peninsula in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I loved the hotel. But then when I walked around Beverly Hills and I walked around Hollywood, I was a bit like, it's not what you think. You know, you, you think not. it's going to be this, like, magical, amazing place. But it is literally a bit like a concrete jungle. 
and, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And, and, and you go into these studios and they're so massive, like, you know, acres and acres of land. And you're just like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm in Hollywood. And, and I don't know what it's like to actually work there because I've never actually worked there. But um, being there as a sort of visitor and, and meeting people and talking about collaborating on different things, I, I, I always thought that, you know, if, if I had something to do in Hollywood, I'd enjoy it. But I, I can, it's, it's weird. You know, like when you go places and you go, I could actually live here. I, I, I think I could stay there but not for live work, or... but I don't know if I want to move there for life, you know. No, no, I don't know. No. I'd enjoy that. As you said, Beverly Hills is nice. It's, and Santa Monica is beautiful, the beach. But then when you go to Hollywood, everyone wants to go to Hollywood and see the stars and the, the walk of fame. It's awful. It's proper rough. Well, like, well, Loads of homeless it, people Even there. Beverly Hills. When I was in Beverly Hills, there was people like wandering around with shopping trolleys. Yeah. There was like mm-hmm. crack addicts or wandering about talking to themselves. Yeah. And I was a bit like, and, and you know, when, when you walk around Mayfair or you walk around anywhere that's potentially like Beverly Hills, you always think there's going to be a class to it and it's going to be, you know, nice. Yeah. But even all, and obviously there's earthquakes there. So, you know, obviously. Oh, I was in a few of those in LA. But I mean, I was lucky oh. I didn't experience that. But was that, was that crazy? Yeah, it was like six in the morning and I thought literally someone was throwing my bed in the air and it was literally, and I thought, oh my God, I'm getting attacked, what's happening? And yeah, it was an earthquake. So who, who represented you when you were when you was in, in LA? Did you have an agent? And a I had a manager, yeah. Right. I had a couple of managers over, yeah, like 10 period, 10 year period I was there. 10 years. Wow. I only moved back a couple of years ago. Right, okay. It was kind of like after COVID, I was there during COVID and I thought, you know, I don't really need to be here. And my right. family's here, my friend's here. And right. um, I kind of, done the Hollywood thing, right. I was over it. And I, I thought I've built up my contacts and I right. know what I'm doing. I know how the film business works, right. the mechanism. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to Europe and I'm gonna open my own production company, make my own movies. Right. And that's what I've been doing. I mean, we are. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, when you actually landed in Hollywood, Yes. Um, you know, what, uh, you know, tell us some stories, you know, what happened? Did you, did you get a job fairly quickly or did you audition or? You know, what was the what was your process when you was there? Did you get a job when you while you was waiting for, you know, work to come in or I oh gosh. It's like it's like, like a, kind of like a blur. So much so much had happened. Um it was it was it was kind of like being on this treadmill and right. on this running machine and just constantly I was just always on it, always on it. I'd like have my little routine, I'd wake up, I'd go to the gym, I'd sit down on my laptop and and like when I first got there and, and sent mail out, mail, out, mail right. outs to all the agents and the, right. the managers and open call, call castings and all that kind of right. stuff. Um, and I was trying to, just thinking my first, my first leading role I'd got was um, a Polish film right. um, with Stephen Baldwin actually, it's a comedy right, okay. uh, called No Panic with a Hint of Hysteria. And yeah, I was there for a good few years until I kind of got that break. Right. You know, I was doing the grind and auditioning and meeting filmmakers and yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Right. I mean, the beauty about it is like, it's nice, but it's kind of a annoying as well that everyone out there is in the film business and it's right. like everyone's, you can relate to everyone and, you're, right. and you never know who you're talking to. But at the same time, it's like, oh God, right. you know, it's la la land, isn't it? Bring right. me some, some <laughs> normality. Right. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd done that film, which was which was great. And then you know, I, I did some other films as well. I did you know Ocean's Eight and right. Sandra Bullock, who was amazing. So that was was would you was Ocean's Eight? Was that your first sort of gangster film? Um, 
Did you do one before that? My first, no, I'd say the film that that's coming out, Duchess, is like the first proper, proper gangster film. So that's where you release your inner gangster bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> My inner Don. Or Donna, would you call it? Donette. Donette. Um, um, but, oh, but Ocean's Eight, I mean, that was a great movie. And that was, uh, Rihanna was in that. Did you? Yeah, did yeah, you yeah. Have any, uh, I didn't, no, I didn't work with Rihanna. I know, Sandra Bullock, though, she was she was awesome. Um, and, of course, I worked with Bruce Willis as well, who's right. absolutely incredible as well, rock did star. You, did you say, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker? <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't. Right. Do you know something? It's, 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 awesome. it's, it's stupid shit, but... That's the sort of thing I'd, I'd do. And uh, I, met, I met a friend of mine once, um, and uh, this guy's a practical joker. And he was at some, I don't know if it was the Oscars or the BAFTAs, he was at like some really highbrow award ceremony, and he saw George Clooney. And he went up to him and he went, he went, George, he said, I'm a massive fan of your work. He goes, you are a legend. And George was like, oh, thank you so much. Um, he said, what was your favourite piece of work? And he said, the exp- Nes- Nespresso advert. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, and, my God. I would have loved and, to have seen and, his and, face. And he said, he said he just sat there, like, looking at me. And he said, you could see him on his face. He was like, you can't. But he wasn't verbally saying that, but he was looking at him like that. <gasps> and it just made me laugh. You know, he probably dented his ego a bit. <laughs> but, but, the thing, I, but I think most people would have found it funny. But... He didn't Brilliant. look amused at the time, but um, imagine only my friend could do. Oh, that. I tell you, Frankie, <laughs> Frankie Valley is another one that I've met. I met Frankie as well. He's a good guy. Lovely guy. Good guy. Lovely guy. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, Cause, Arnold. Cause, do you know what? I'm a massive fan. I mean, I grew up in the eighties watching Stallone and and and, uh, and 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 Schwarzenegger. You know, they were my two sort of action stars. Like Statham is now in The Rock. You know, but they were. Yeah, you know the staple sort of lads. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but who was your favourite out of the two? Arnold was very, very friendly, like nice, personable. Right, I'd right. Say. More because I watched friendly, his documentary. Amazing, uh, and, amazing. And, and, and he and he comes across like he's got great sense of humour. He is the way he is in real life is exactly as the way he is in interviews and stuff. Right. Really nice, proper, personable, just a nice guy. Right, right. Humble. Yeah. Um, and Stallone, he's really lovely as well. Um, I mean, it's just legends, you know, yeah. just legends. Just kind of like, I, what I admire is, you know, Stallone, of course, just like wanting to break in, breaking right. down that door, saying, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to make my own movie. I'm going to make Rocky. And he did it. You know? Well, the, do you know he what? He sold the, his dog. The greatest, and then he bought the dog back. The greatest <laughs> story for, for, for me about Rocky was he wrote the script and they didn't was, want him to play the role, no, and he said, "Nope, I'm playing it. I'm fucking playing the and, role. And, and, Brilliant." And, and I think, and the figures may be wrong, but it got to the point where he was absolutely on his ass, no money, yep. and they were offering him like a million dollars for the script, and he's like, "But I'm playing Rocky," and they're like, "No," and he and he yep. was turning it down, and and it just goes to show yeah. that if you never give up and you just keep on and on and on, and and you know he won exactly. an Oscar for that, I know. right? And, and, you know, that, show. that showed you how much belief he had, not just in his talent, but also, you know, in his writing ability. And, uh, you know, I, I remember watching Stallone, you know, and seeing all the different roles he's played. And just like all actors, you know, sometimes you do a part in a movie and the movie don't turn out great. But I'd say the majority of stuff, probably 90% of the stuff he's either been in or directed has been first class. And it's Amazing. been massive. And, you know... I mean, I, I, watched... can, I can relate to that. I mean, that's that's what happened 
to me in Duchess where I wrote, right. I co-wrote this script yep. um, and I sent it out to a few producers in Hollywood and I sent right. it out to one of the studios and the studio said, it's great, but this is, we'd want to do it for a bigger budget and we'd want Charlie Sterone to play the lead. I said, right. great, never going to happen. Thank right. you. You've got to have that integrity. Yeah. You've got to go, no, yeah. I'm, I'm creating these these roles and this this opportunity for myself and because yeah. I know I'm the only person that can play that role. Absolutely. And, and the, the thing is with, with studios is they always go, yeah, it's like painted by numbers. If you put him and her in it, yeah. then it, it costs this, but then we get that. And but it doesn't necessarily work out. No, that is true. That is true. But that is, I think, you know, in the old days, a lot of the movies were underwritten by talent because they knew that if they had, yeah. it's like when they, there was a phase, I think it was in the 80s or the 90s, where if you had Jean-Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal in your movie, even if it was in one scene or two scenes, everyone would buy it. Yeah, Even exactly. just for DVDs. Yeah. So you knew that even if the film was shit, you could make some money. So there was a period of time when yeah. people were just doing those movies. And here, similar, but it was on, you know, with, uh, you know, they pick a couple of actors that people knew and then they bring in an it American that people knew and then it looked good on the DVD box. Um, but, but they um, clocked onto that because you would bring in like, you know, Bruce Willis or whatever for two days work, pay him a lot of money and then he's yeah. in the movie for five minutes and then... People uh, were the buyers well, well, weren't having that anymore. Well, well I, th I think I think uh, there's a minimum now. I think you've got to, the star has to be in it for at least like 15 minutes, right? For the studio to go, yeah, okay, fine. And I think and I, and I think also, I mean, with with all businesses, the model changes, and and you know, I think with the streaming platforms and with the way things are distributed now, obviously, I think it's constantly changing and evolving. Yeah. And you know, it's it's. It's, it's kind of, it does make things tricky. And then obviously when there's a strike, lots of people go, why are the writers on strike? Why are the actors on strike? And, you know, lots of people will go, well, they're paid loads of money. Well, they are, but it, what they're obviously complaining about, which is right, is obviously in the old days, if you did a movie and you got 2% or 5% of that movie and it was a SAG movie or it was a Writers Guild of America movie or whatever, you know, you would get money. Yeah, right? exactly. But obviously now, once they've paid you your fee and it goes out on a streaming platform and 230 million people watch it... You get nothing. You get nothing. And that, to me, doesn't work for the creatives, the producers, any, anyway, it only works for the, for the platforms. And, 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 yeah, it's and, not fair. And, 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 and it's not just film and TV, it's music, it's, it's the whole world. And so I think, in a way, because the, mu the model's changed... The only way it can carry on and be sustainable to succeed is if they end up putting up the prices. But then yeah. if you start putting up, if you're paying £10 a month to watch a streaming platform and they put up to £100 a month, how many people are going to go, okay, because they're going to look at it and go, well, hang on a minute, I'm paying that for that. Yep. Now you want to charge me that. I'm not paying it. right? It's, but then yeah. it's like, well, you won't have any content then. So it's kind of like a little bit weird that they, you know, I, I, I always felt that, yeah, and, and this happened... I got an Apple iPhone and I used to be a regular buyer of CDs, right? And my <laughs> son said to me, he said, Dad, he said, why are you buying CDs? And I said, well, you know, I like them. I like touching them. I like putting them in the CD pan. I like putting, you know, what I like? <laughs> he said, but you know your phone? He said, if you go on Apple Music, you can pay $9.99 a month, you can have 100 CDs a month for $9.99 a month. And I was like, really? So I looked at it. Have three months free trial. I thought I'd try it, and if I don't like it, I'll unsubscribe. Loved it, and then bought another CD. So, obviously, what about I'm, those artists? That's but, the thing. but that's the problem, right? So, as a consumer, I love it, but being on the other end, 
you're like looking yeah. at it going, well, it's great for the consumer, but it's yeah. but, but obviously the platforms need to earn money and the artists need to earn money. But the platforms are making so much money. There has to be a balance. But but I think that's really why the strike, the strike is. Obviously, is they're good. worried about AI as well, but... I've, well, that's I, yeah, scary. But, but, you know, look, if... Because if, uh, if they were to take Terry Stone... You know, when you're long gone, with wig or, or me, with, with well, without wig, with wig or without wig. <laughs> oh, that's got to, oh, both. How about that? Without your permission, though, without right. your permission, and you and AI comes along, and you're long gone, and you would never, ever, ever agree to this script. You you would never agree to these words you'd be saying. Right. But AI does it, and it's not you. Right. And you, Terry Stone's on there in the in the theaters, and you're saying these things, and you're like, oh my god. And I, I didn't agree to that. But, you but, would never do but, that. But, but do you know something? A friend of mine, 10 years ago, said to me, and he was talking about AI, and I thought he was mad, right? Mm. And he said to me, he said, do you know something? He said, he said, he said, I've got this really mad idea, right, where we create this thing and we can get people's faces and put it on bodies mm. and make, them, make it look, look like them. So they could be in a film, they could be in a porn film, they oh. could be doing something in real life, but then everyone would think it's them. And he's thinking the money you'd make. And I was thinking, hey, it just, just sounds nuts. Never going to happen. It's happening. <laughs> and I was no. thinking, and I said to my mate the other day, I said, you were like ahead of your game, mate. You should have done it. Right? But oh he was God, having yeah. these thoughts 10 years ago. And he said to me, he said, wouldn't this be mad? And I was like, it sounds mad. But I said, I said if you ask someone for their permission to do it, they're not going to give you it. Oh, can I can I use your image? I'm gonna put your face on a porn star and start putting you in porn movies. You'd be like, no fucking way. Oh, actually, I'm gonna put you in this video doing this. No, you know. So I get why but actors technically wouldn't want that. Saying that they could probably do that anyway on the black market, right? Yeah, absolutely. They could do it now, I mean, look at look at Pamela Anderson, right? The, the builders in her house, they had that row, whatever. They they went for her stuff, found a private video, and, and sold it to like some. Distribution company that made millions of pounds out of it. She got nothing out of it, and 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 you sort of think, you know, it's the same thing, really. It is right. It's the same thing. It's evasion of privacy, really. But I I, I don't know. It's like you won't have the right to say or do or act because it's not you. Well, they're using you, but it's yes. Yeah, but you, but it's they can do now. They can, you can actually you could actually do go on this thing now. And you can talk into it, and then once you've done that, they could then say, can you ring that person? And say this stuff, and they can make a call to that person, and it sounds like you, right? And they actually think they're talking to you on the phone, right? So That's it's, it's gone. So it's gone beyond the, the the things of sending a text, the voice. Oh, I've lost my wallet. I've lost my thing. Can you send me some money? To people ringing mm. up, going, Charlotte, it's Terry. Listen, I've had a problem. Couldn't send me twenty quid, could you? Um, I'll send you my bank details. You go. Oh, all right. I'll get back to you next week. You just go. All right. So, so that's how, how good it is now. So Scary. obviously you think of all the scams and all the things where people are getting uh, conned and duped into doing things online or putting in fake bank details or whatever. Mm -hmm. You think how, how bad it's going to get when people can actually impersonate somebody who knows voice or, you know, if, if somebody wanted to stitch you up and they get your face and put you on a video and then do, have you doing something and then go... Look what Charlotte's doing, and people go. How, the, how will the police know? I can look at it. Charlotte's definitely yeah. Charlotte Kirk. And you're how like, will the well, know? it ain't me. Well, it fucking looks like you. Do you oh, know what I mean? And then you. But the only thing that would save you in that scenario is obviously if you've got your phone on you. Your phone can put you where you are. Um, but all this stuff oh. is 
I mean, it's it's, it's scary. It is scary, and I d- and, and lots of people that are on that AI spectrum have all said the same thing. They've all said this needs to be stopped now because yeah. it's if it goes too far, um, you know, we might end up in a Terminator. Where I was going to say where they're taking over, where they're taking real. over. That's another thing. They yeah. could just turn on us. But I saw something on Instagram the other day, like this robot being in Asia just sitting there on the tube, like. <laughs> It look human. It's just doing its own thing, and you think, "Oh my god, that's the future. That's going to be the future." Oh, and there's another. There's a hotel in Japan. Everything is robots. One, there's no people. The check-in is robots. Everything in the hotel is robots. I want to go there. Don't you? you just see what it's like. <laughs> I'd be terrified though, because you, yeah. you've definitely been recorded. It's like, yeah. no, it's just. Oh, take me back to the old days. But um, but <laughs> the but Nokia's we, no yeah, Apple. The Nokia's good old days. <laughs> but um, but going back to, you, you're in LA. Yeah, you've done Ocean's Eight. Yep. Would you say Ocean's Eight was the was the big break for you? Because you're in a, you're in a big, massive movie, huge franchise. Um, or was that just one? You know, it's interesting. I would never say, I'd never say, oh, that's my break. That was my big break, or because it feels like it's always a continuous. I'm always on to the next thing. Yeah. I, I, and you know, but I did knew- that open up opportunities for you? Because I thought it would have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. It did. And you know, a lot of it is. You know, it's it's the whole thing, right? It's the PR, it's the marketing, it's the next project. You know, mm. you're as, but as you said, you're you're as only as good as your last film mm. as well, right? right? So you've got to have the next lined up. So, yeah. you know, that's why I was like, I wanted to put my destiny in my own hands and go yeah. right. Let's just, I'm going to make my own stuff, right? You know, and, when, and and create good roles as well, because right. as you know, as an actor, there's not there's not great roles out there. You know, you've got to create them yourself. Well, I think the problem... Writing, writing good scripts, good stories, they're hard to come by. They are. And I think the hardest thing as an actor is, you know, you audition, but then so is 50 other people. Yeah. And, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to get a part, even if you're you're good in the audition or you're the better, best person for the job. It's... Politics. Up to who... Mm. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, sometimes, you know, I get an audition and um, I'll do something and then... I'll say to my agent, you know, who has this up for this role? And he'd be like, oh, Stephen Graham, Sean Bean. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get this, am I? And he said, it doesn't matter. He said, the fact that you're doing it. Yeah. He said, you're still doing it. You're still in the mix. So he said, even though you ain't going to get it, at least people can. It's true. The fact that they're asking you to do it is is a good good sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but, but when I started off, and, and I'm sure you was the same, you just wanted to, Actually, just wanted a part. You didn't that care what it, it was. It was just get on, the, get me on a TV show or yep. two lines in a film. I just want to work. Yeah. And then, and then what was funny was as you're going through this process, um, you do that and then you go right. I want to do something else now. But but it's like you become a victim of your own success because once you've actually done a lead in a movie, or you've been in something that's been a success, and it doesn't matter whether it's been a massive theatrical success or whether it's been a huge success on an Amazon or a Netflix worldwide. Once you've done that then you're at that level. And then if you then pop up in a TV thing doing two lines or a couple of lines in a movie, people go, what's happened to him? What's happened to her? Absolutely. So you're in this weird thing where you can't do that. Pressure. Can't do that. You've got to stay up here and then mm-hmm. you've just got to wait. And sometimes, I mean, there, there was a great interview um, with Richard Dreyfuss in, um, I think it was, I think it was the, the, the Sunday Times. And it, it, I think he was 64. And he said, I'm an Oscar winning actor. I've been in all these great movies. We have all these great directors, and I'm skin, and I haven't worked I'm for ten. Skin. And I haven't worked for ten years, and you think, wow, you know, we all think. But this is why all these big stars they have they're doing their own stuff. Nicole Kidman, she has her own production company. Yeah. All these, you know, with um, Reese Witherspoon, they all have their stuff going yeah. on. 
you know, it's very interesting. So it's you really hit the nail on the head there. Like I, I was like. I just want to be in a movie. I just want to go to the US. I'll get it out of my system. I need to get this acting buzz. And then I'll come back to the UK and I've done it. Get a proper job. Get a real job. <laughs> that Did your mum and dad say that to you? Yeah, yeah. Just go and get a real yeah, job. Yeah, get, get, a proper get out of your system. <laughs> get, and, get, and, and you know what? Did that first little role. Then I got the taste of it, right? Right. And then I, it was like more and more and more. And then I was like, a few years ago, I was like, if I could just like, wouldn't it be great to get like people to say, well, she's, you know, you want to get notoriety, right? Like, you're, right. You're, I'm a good actress. Could you imagine, could I, could I imagine if I won an award? How would that be? Did The Reckoning, my first, my first film that I produced and co-wrote right. and starred in, I won 13 awards for that movie. Right. But each award that come in, it was great. The first one was like, oh my God. And then they kept coming in. I was like, this is cool. Hmm. But I'd love to. And it's quite I'd good now, Charlotte, because when you meet people, you go, I'm Charlotte Cart. Charlotte Clark? Charlotte Kirk. An award. The award-winning actress. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. And now I'm like, no. Wouldn't it be great if I could, like, um, be in a commercial success? That's what I want. I want to be in a commercial successful movie. Okay. And then I did The Lair, and that was the top ten on Amazon, and now yeah. I played this badass British fighter pilot, and it was an action role, and it was all, it was so cool. And I was, then I did that. And I was like, yeah, but now I want to do this, and I, it just it just right. never stops. So when you ask me, oh, yeah. when was the when do you feel like you you know you made it? It's like it's a it's always an well, ongoing like, process. Well, like, well, if somebody asked me that question, I would say I haven't even started yet. Exactly. You know, I don't feel like I've made it, and I think that anybody who says they've made it is lying to themselves Absolutely. because 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 whatever it's like someone saying they've learned it all. Yeah. You never know it all. No, you don't, yeah. and and you never want to stop learning. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? You might as well just check out. Yeah. <laughs> Check me out, put me in the ground, put me in the oven, whatever, you know. But it is mad because, you know, I mean, I've when I was doing the clubs, I got to the point where I was, it was just like a machine. I'd won all the awards. I've done all the events. It was just making money, doing this, doing that. And I just got bored with it. And I just thought, I need to get out of this, do something else. I never even knew that I was going to go into acting. I didn't even knew. It was just literally, I fell into it. And somebody offered me a part in the movie. And that's how I got into it. But you've got the acting buzz, buzz but, from but like you, you know, it is like having a drug. You know, you 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 do a bit and you go, oh, that was really good. And I think the worst thing is like, you know, when people who take drugs talk about having a come down, right? And and you come off of a film, mm-hmm. that must be what it feels like when you do drugs because literally when you come off a film set, you're right up here, mm-hmm. and then literally you're like this, and you come down and you, you you're sitting in your house, and you're not going. Oh. What's my purpose? <laughs> what am I going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I'll go and develop something else or I'll go and do an audition. Or, yeah. But that's why I, so when I sold my business, I had a bar and restaurant and then I, you know, did a few other little bits. But my main thing was like, I want to focus on acting. So I went to drama school, I did all that stuff. But then um, after a year of being a thespian, I just thought, you know, I'm waiting for the phone to ring. I'm waiting for auditions. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I need to be more proactive. I need something to do when I'm not working. Exactly. Otherwise you drive yourself mad. Absolutely. So I started developing scripts, um, making movies. And for me, what's good is, and I'd give this advice to any actor, because I meet lots of actors that have come out of drama school or, you know, their mum and dad's know me, yeah. or and, and they always say, oh, Terry, you know, what's your uh, advice? And I always say, if you want to act, be an actor. But if you actually want to work in the industry, Work in a post-production. 
work on set as a runner. Yeah. Work as a script supervisor. You know, Absolutely. develop a script. Go to some courses. But keep yourself busy because yeah. because what I found is like when you make a movie, you work with 60, 70, 800 people. And they're all going off doing other things. Exactly. And they connect with other people. So I've just worked with Terry on this. Oh, right, okay, boom, what's he like? You know, so Absolutely. it's a way of networking, but it's also a way of keeping busy. Um, and, you know, when you was when you was in Hollywood, I mean, you was there for 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say your experience of Hollywood was? I mean, would you say, um, because obviously over the, over the past, you know, 10 years, you've had the Me Too stuff, you've had obviously the Weinstein stuff come out, mm -hmm. you've had, you know, people behaving badly, you've had, you know, companies going bust, you've had, you know, gangsters. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a bit old westy. But what was, your, what was your sort of experience in Hollywood? I mean, would you say you sort of went for all of that stuff or...? Um, Hollywood is a very, very dark place. I think the industry attracts incredible, talented, amazing creatives, right. but, it, but it also attracts really dark, um, not just bad people. Right. And you know, I've, I've come across them all. I've come across the talented, the amazing actor, director, producers, and you know, I've come across some really bad people as well, very powerful right. bad people. Right. And um, I, I can't go into it, unfortunately, too much, but you know, just genuinely talking, um, you know, my experiences, with, you know, if I, if that happened to me and, you know, powerful, very powerful men um, that kind of hurt me, right. um, they picked on the wrong girl. Cause right. I just, I didn't take any shit. I just said, no, you're not, you're not going to do this. Absolutely right. not. You know, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's it always seems to be the men that. that behave badly. Is, it, is there any women that behave badly or is it, is it mainly oh, the men? Absolutely. And a lot of the women, um, they they cover up for the men as well, right. you know. I, and I, I get a lot of yeah, oh god. And all, uh, the other day, I got this. I try not to read reviews and all this crap and you know right. media stuff. But there was this one um, journalist that wrote something about me. There's these there's these Bond rumors going around, right? That I'm, right. I might be the next Bond girl. Jane Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Bond. Oh, Kirk Bond. Kirk. Yeah, anyway, My name's this, Charlotte. Uh, yeah, the yeah, license yeah. to kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't go into that. But okay. she said... Um, so you're not going to be Jane Bond then? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Bond. How about that? <laughs> no. Um, and this, she said something like, um, oh, well, you know how she got the role with her looks and what she had to do for it. You just think, you really are like a woman tearing down another woman like that. Like, right. why would you do that? You know, a lot of these powerful female journalists, they're working for the, the top guys they're telling them to do this because right. it's coming from a woman so they 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 it's okay for them to say that and to diss another woman but it's not right. you know there's a lot of you know bad women out there as well that like to tear other women down it's really right. sad do you know what though I, I just think it's the environment you know that we're all in I, I think people um you know there's a lot of jealousy in 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 in, in film and television and and i remember when i first got into the business People in TV looked up at film and they were like, oh, I wish I could be in film. And people would be like, you're in TV. Mm -hmm. And obviously then that shifted. And then everyone in film is going, I want to be in TV. Yeah. And the TV people are going like Absolutely, um, but, 100%. But there are crossovers. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the, the, the way that 
television's evolved mm -hmm. and, and the way that they've gone from making these, they were like sort of cheap, sort of low-budget sort of sitcoms into these huge productions, you know, that That's Netflix it. and Amazon do and, uh, you know, Paramount do. And, and you just watch them and you go, wow, it's like watching, you know, eight movies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or ten movies. Good and quality. Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and in a way, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as someone who enjoys watching content, you know, I like, I like a lot of the true crime stuff. But you know, I've, I've and, and you know, I, you know, saw when when the the stuff about Weinstein come out, um, and it did have an effect on us because we had a, a movie um, with the Weinstein company, and obviously when, you know, I mean, he sold his company to Miramax for you know a billion dollars, and he was like the number one producer in Hollywood, and and you know when it all come out and people were saying, oh yeah, we can't believe, you know, this has been gone on and people have let this happen and blah blah blah, and all these women have come out and said what Harvey's done. But, I mean, what was your... Did, I mean, did you ever meet Harvey? No. I met his brother, right. Bob. What um, did, what, I mean, what was your personal view on it? I mean, did, did you sort of look at it and think, you know, what he did was wrong or do you think that what the girls did was wrong? Or? No, 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 no. Harvey was, was awful, all total scum. I mean, what he did, I mean, you know, there's evidence of recordings and right. him forcing girls into hotel rooms, like, come with me, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. You know, with big stars right. as well. He just he just had this compulsion. He couldn't help himself. He was just no. He was really really scum. But then, you know, the the movement from that was incredible. Yeah. The question is, I personally didn't know, but how many? The big question is, how many people, women, you know, people that work with him, how many people really knew what was going on? I think a lot of people knew what was going on and covered for him because he was a powerful producer with lots mm. of money and influence. I mean, the thing is, I mean, somebody said something. Um, um, and, and 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 you can sort of see this in life, right? You know, you know when you see people with money and power, mm -hmm. that is attractive, right? Yes. And you know, I think you've got two choices when you have that. You can either use it, put it to good use, you can abuse it. And uh, exactly. You know, I think what you know, what people that I spoke to, um, and and I spoke to a lot of people about it because I was annoyed because. The film that he had of airs, obviously when the Weinstein company went bust because of him going to prison and getting all these allegations, obviously all the films, it went into chapter 11 so nobody could get the film rights mm -hmm. and then they sold them off and there was, you know, money went missing and nobody knew what was going on mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's it's not anybody's fault, right, but that's obviously what happened and, um, you know, I spoke to people and they said, look, there was, there was a couple of... There was two sides, really. Side one was he took advantage of his women. And the other side was, well, look, if somebody says to you, come up to my bedroom in my hotel and you go up there and he opens the door in a dressing gown, if you then go in the room, right, you, you're sort of putting yourself in a dangerous position. And I sort of said, well, you know, if you want to be in this movie and he's an Oscar-winning producer and he's going to make you famous, you know, you... you, you it's, it's like, it's wrong what he did, but it's it's transactional. He's basically saying, if you do this, you can have that. So he's misusing not his always. power. I think a lot of the... A lot so because because not, that's... A lot of the time, I think he did it and not give the girls the opportunity. I think... Right, okay. And, and also, I think... I'm assuming that, you know, some of the girls went in that hotel room because he's, you know, he's a celebrity, he's a famous right. man, coming to my hotel suite, right? right? It's not like a room, it's not a bedroom, a suite. Right. So I don't want to, I don't want to, we can have a private conversation and maybe right. those girls assume that the assistant or whoever will be right. in there. 
But um, I don't think he helped a lot of girls out. No. I think it was. But yeah, I get. I understand what right. you're saying, though. No, no. I but I'm, I'm, I've, I spoke to lots of different people about it. Yeah, it's and because uh, for me, you know, I've, I've, I've always, as a producer, I've always been respectful of who I work with. As an actor, I've always been respectful. If I'm doing a scene with a woman, you know, I've always been respectful. I've always been like, look, you know, and and and, and I think you have to be professional. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Misuse your power, um, and I think that you know he definitely misuses power without any shadow of a doubt. But um, asking people, you know, that like a that transaction, even, if you do this, that, even, that even you knew the story, mm -hmm. a lot of them said that he would he would sort of say to people, "Oh, come and come upstairs. I want to talk to you about this role." And then it'd be like, "Oh, I've got a really stiff neck. Can you give me a massage?" And then obviously, then the, the robe comes off, and then it's, "Oh, can you do this?" And mm -hmm. you know, um, which is which is you know, but and and, and the thing is. You know, if if I was in that position and a woman or a man had done that to me, I would have, if I'd have actually gone, okay, if you give me that, I'll do this. Yeah. I wouldn't have then gone away for 10 years and then come back and said, yeah. oh, well, actually, I'm not happy about that now. I'm going to yeah. basically come out and talk about you. At the time, I would have wanted to talk about it. They're or I would have just said, look, mate, this ain't me. <laughs> right? I ain't doing this. If you want to give me it, great. If not, I'm off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, but I've, a lot of people said that a lot of the people that he was targeting were vulnerable. You know, they, they wanted work. They were, you know, frightened of him. It. So it was sort of, you know, again, he was just sort of abusing his position of power. Yeah. But but it's good to hear, obviously, a woman's point of view. You know, and he was a but, big guy. Well, you know, he was, kind of, he was a big guy and, and you know, but... But what I don't understand... But what I don't understand, he, right? they were scared of... Not just like, can you give me a job, but being blacklisted. But what he I blacklisted a lot of people. But what I don't understand, right? If you look at him mm -hmm. and you look at his wife, his wife was like virgin on being like a supermodel, mm -hmm. right? And he had these lovely children, and you sort of think, if if that was me, why would you behave like that? I just did, that's what I couldn't get my head around, and I was. Well, I've come it, across it, I've come across a few of those men in Hollywood, and they and there's not you can't second guess or try and figure out a, a mind of a fucking crazy psychopath or, you know, a, right. a narcissist, a sadist, because that's what they are. You can't second guess right. these people. You know, the, again, they have beautiful wives or if they just want sex, hire an escort. Like, why? Right. But I, I, it's, a, it's an adrenaline Is that your run? advice? They should hire escorts. <laughs> no, they should all go to prison and get uh, things cut off. But I, but, I think, but I think that, that what come out of it, because yeah. with, with all these things, there's always something positive that comes out of it, and I yes, think I think um, Me Too movement. with that Me Too movement, obviously. But the Me Too movement didn't didn't. It helped, of course. Right. It helped, and it created awareness. But what frustrates me is people think, "Oh, the Me Too movement happened. That's great. That's over with now. Right. Everything's good. No, everything's not good. There right. is still lots of Harvey Weinstein's in Hollywood. Right. There's still lots of powerful people." abusing their power and, you know, essentially raping women. So, no, it hasn't been addressed at all. Because, again, I don't work in Hollywood, but people that I know that are out there, they did, you know, when I've spoken to them, they've said, when we do castings now, there's always somebody else in the room. Um, you know, nobody's, you know, in any she's allowed to be in rooms with actors or actors mm -hmm. on their own. Mm -hmm. um, they're all very careful in that they follow this protocol and they have these intimacy coaches and they do all this stuff. Yeah, um, if they want to, if these powerful men want, you right. know, want to get a girl's number or this or that, it's very easy for them, that yeah. to happen. But I think, I think, you know, there was none of those safeguards in place before. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just think, you know, with, with these things, um, you know, 
it's definitely changed for the positive. But like you said, it Still hasn't a eradicated it. It's not eradicated it. Um, no. Um, and then, and then you know, so, there so, needs to be laws in place to to not protect these perpetrators. That's the problem. Right, right now, I'm under I'm under an NDA where I can't speak about what these people did to me. Right. Now, in the Weinstein case, uh, what was very interesting is the judge right. said to the Weinstein victims. We're going to take away your NDA. You're free to speak, which is great for the Weinstein right. victims. But they, sh sh that judge, has to do that or should have done that for right. every victim around in America, and then obviously right. other countries can adopt it. Um, there is a law out there that I'm the test case on. I'm, a right. I'm currently the test case on this law that says NDAs regarding sexual harassment is illegal. And if that, if I'm to win that case, it's going to the floodgates are going to open. Right. It's going to be huge. So you're, you're going to you're basically spearheading that change. Yes, you know you could say that, but there's right. lots of other amazing, you know, people out there, survivors right. that are doing the same. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, when, I mean, when you look back, I mean, I know you can't go into you know, the specifics of what happened with, but um, did it sort of dampen your sort of views on the business? Did you sort of think I'm, I'm I don't want to do this anymore? No, it didn't dampen it. Well, it, no, it, it drove it actually. It fueled me in a way. Right. Like, no, you can't put me down and just think you can just use and abuse me and kick me to the curb. No, I'm going right. to. The biggest, the, I would say the biggest revenge is success. Right. So, no, it definitely it fueled me. Yeah. Um, and uh, have you got anything else that you want to tell us about Hollywood? Oof. Is there any, any, any no, other things? No, I mean, or? no, I would just say as uh, we're on the, you know, the, the, if the I'll gangster be, channel, I would say, watch out for Duchess. That's that's right. my gangster movie. This I mean, we out. will come on to that in a minute. But, okay, cool. but before before we come on to obviously moving to the UK, um, what um, you know, you you know you, if somebody said to you now, Charlotte, I'm an actress, I'm thinking of going to LA. What advice would you give them? Bearing in mind what you've been through, what you've experienced, what you've seen, what you know. I don't think you have to be in LA now as an actor. You do or you don't? No, I don't think right. you do. A lot of people moved out after COVID. Right. Self-tapes is like the thing now. Everyone's self-taping. You can be anywhere. Um, you know, as an actor, if you want to be you know, an actor, I would say make it your number one, right? Don't right. have a backup plan. Just do it. Right, as you said earlier, you know, pick up an iPhone, you know, apply for everything. You know, people can make movies on their iPhone now. Just right. do it, make it, kick down that door. But you don't have to be in LA. Right. You know, be anywhere. Just, just, you know, don't take no, don't take no for an answer, and just do it. Right. You know. So, what was you said earlier that you're because of COVID and because. I mean, what was America like when COVID hit? Did it just everything just shut? Oh, was God. it the same as the UK? Yeah, I was in LA. It was um, it was very very tough. I mean, there was curfews. Um, there was the riots as well. The 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 Black Lives Matters as well was going on at the same time. Right. It was LA was really really tough. Right. Very very strict lockdown yeah. in LA. Wow. Uh, and then after that, that's when I was like, Do you know what? I don't I don't need to be here anymore. Right. A lot of people moved out of LA after COVID. Right. A lot of actors and, and filmmakers just thought, I don't need to be here. I'm just going to go back, you know, live where I want to be. So what was it like coming back to the UK? Because obviously you've been in, out in LA, you kind of get conditions to that life. So um, you, 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 you know, you've done your Ocean's 8 movie. You've had all your dramas mm -hmm. with these people. Um, COVID's come. You've decided to come back to the UK. 
Um, and then, and then when what, what you know, what was it like when you sort of did it, was you like, oh, this is why I left because it was raining, <laughs> or or did you enjoy it because it was like, you know, I think I think there's something definitely British about Britain that you know, if if you've been away for any length of time when you come back. Even if the weather is shit, you still take a breath of fresh air and go, yeah, welcome back, you know? Welcome back, yes. It was a bit of both, I right. think. Um, obviously, the weather sucks. And, right. the, yes. <laughs> and uh, That's such an American thing to say. I know, right? The weather, the weather sucks. sucks. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I've adapted a few, a few words here and there. Right. Picked up a few words. Um, there's elements of LA I miss and living in the States. The lifestyle, right. again, the weather, like... Right. You know, and 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 being, I, LA is a great city for for many things. But you know, my friends are here, my family's right. here. You know, and I and I'm fun, I'm British. You know, it's like, and and I think geographically as well, LA is like in the middle of like the end right. of the world, right? It's where do you go? You go to Vegas for the weekend, or where, where can you go? <laughs> well, Vegas is great. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but in you London, you got Italy, right. France, yeah. and all these beautiful yeah. places. So. So when you got isolated. so so twenty was it twenty one you come back here? Yes, yeah. So twenty one you come back to to the UK, mm -hmm. um, and had you already set up your production company and already started writing then? Yes, yes. That's the thing. I you know part of me was like, oh, I'm coming back, I'm coming back to the UK. And I was like, no, but I'm coming back with a lot of knowledge, with success, with everything. Right. You know, I've come. I'm coming back with something, and it's not like I'm closing the door. Right. You know, I'm, I still have my green card, still going back and forth. So it wasn't like right. a you know goodbye to the US. I'm never right. coming back. So right. that was that was help. It was it was gradual. Right. Um, and I'd already done. I'd already opened my own production company and, and made some films already. So right. what's your production company called? Uh, so I have two. I have Scarlet Productions and Love Rules. Right there you go. So they're the two production companies that Miss Kirk. Are you CEO or are you? Uh, Absolutely. Right, lovely. So get, we've got Gal Power <laughs> and those two companies. Um, and and uh, as a sort of production company owner, CEO, um, you then developed these projects. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. The Duchess is the, 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 the one where you play. The gangster. The Donette. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about that because. Okay, so. Duchess. Would you say you based your character on people that you've met in the past or would you say you created it from. I, the inspiration was Scarface. Right, okay. So I was sitting there one day with my writing partner and I was like, you know what I'd love to do? Well, I, I love gangster movies, right? So some of my favourite films are Scarface, Casino, Godfather, Layer Cake, all... And I was like... You, you, was miss, you miss Goodfellas. Fuck, did I not say Goodfellas? And Godfather, and Godfather Good, 2. Goodfellas, Godfather <laughs> 2. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. I'm, I mean, there's just... oh. Do you know something? Long it's funny, Friday. right? When people say, uh, you know, what's your favourite gangster film? I say, I don't have a favourite gangster No. Film. There's ten. Yeah, right? absolutely. But your ones are the same as mine. And that's why I wanted you on the show because I think what interests me is how big true crime is at the moment. Because Massive. Uh, so many people, like, you know, I was in uh, Annabelle's recently mm -hmm. and I was sat at a table and I was just having a cup of coffee and this guy walked past and he was... Super posh, and he must have been like 65. And he had the, the hanky, and he walked past, and he hanky. went, and he walked past me, and he went, he went, he went, you fucking cunt. Stop <laughs> it. And I looked at him, and he went, I love your films. And I went, you know what? I said, that is, a I said, you know what? Really good to meet you. And we had a bit of a laugh. And he said, oh, you know, uh, what got you into the movie? And we had this conversation. That's but so it, cool. it, it's just so funny because what I always find weird, like, you know, 
you can be anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I was in Dubai uh, recently, and I was in this Thai restaurant in the Med now. I don't know if you've been to Dubai. Oh, yeah. And there's a little boat that takes you to where the taxis are. And I get on this boat with my friend, and this guy sat opposite me looking at me, and he goes, fucking love your films. And then you go, oh. So he cool. goes, do you live I was like, no, no, I'm just visiting. And he said, oh, I've just moved here, blah, blah. And then we had this conversation, and it turns out he's like working for this hedge fund and invest money. But it's like, you That's never cool. know. You never know. And the beautiful exactly. thing about film is it connects people. Yes. And it brings people together, and it and it means that wherever you are in the world, yeah. you can always bump into someone. I'm sure you've had it later. Actually, when I, when I was in Dubai, I was, my, my movie was in theatres and cinemas there. When Which I was one was there. that? The, the, Reckoning, the Reckoning. The first one Reckoning. that I that produced. And I was there and this uh, someone contacted me on Instagram and she was quite famous out there. And she was like, oh, can we meet up? I just saw your film, The Reckoning, and you're here. I just saw you posted you're here. Please, right. can I meet you? And it was awesome. It's so, so cool. But it's, it's, it's funny. It's like being in a club, isn't it? You know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the club and, of the world. And it made weird. me laugh. And, and I've, I've actually been in the most obscure places and met the most obscure people that I've never met Characters. and I would never have met. And, and it's that thing where... It brings you together. And, and it always surprises me. It's never the nice films that I've been in. No. It's always, <laughs> once upon a time in London, why is it a foot soldier? Nice. Anything that's violent. With, yeah. Well, look, it sells. Yeah. So, so I was sitting there and I was like, you know, all the top gangster films I like. And I was like, when's there been like an epic Scarface? Like when, you know, since the right. 80s, 90s, like an epic gangster movie. And then mm. I was like... What about a female gangster movie? Yeah. Hmm. Imagine if it like Scarface, but a woman. And then, and then it just expanded from there. So have you got? And I went have you got any dialogue saying hello to my little friend? No. It, what does it open? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It opens with it's it's, it's a voiceover. I do like a bit of voiceover. Right. God, I can't remember it all. But like the voiceover it opens with power. Just like Cox comes in all different shapes and sizes, you name it. <laughs> Sex, money, politics, class, or just a sheer will to put the other man down and leave him bleeding on the floor. Power is nothing without respect. If they don't respect you, sooner or later, some cunt is going to come along and take that power away from you. Ain't that right? You know, so you just said my favourite word. <laughs> and, and, and Which one? Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and, do you know what's, and do you know what's really funny, right? <laughs> it used to be such a taboo word. Right, yeah, and people. If you said it, people go. Mm. And oh, it was now like, it's... but 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 but. What's <laughs> funny is that uh, you know we we've had a couple of uh, actresses come on the show that have paid um, in these movies, and what what's always funny is you always expect it to be some like working class girl from Essex or London. It's all yeah. right and all this, and they're always really nice. One of them was <laughs> private educated, and they went, I just love being able to transform as an actress from being who I am to being this horrible cunt, basically. Right? <laughs> and it's just so funny. And and and, and I, I don't know, it's just... The beauty of acting. Right? As I said, when that guy walked past me and he went, you fucking cunt. And I looked around <laughs> and I was like, what? Who the fuck and, is and, that? And then, and then he started laughing. He goes, I love your films. And then I started Brilliant. laughing. And it was just like, you know, but, but it's funny that um, people, you know, people uh, are brought together by this thing. And I think what it has done is it's showing that People have got a sense of humour, and people have, mm-hmm. um, a, a, you know, the, the, if if I actually put all the people in a room uh, that 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 have watched films that, that have actually come up to me and talked to me, you look at them all and you go, "That's not his type of film. That's not her type of film." Um, and and it's and it, it just shows you that 
film, especially crime stuff. And the reason why we're doing this podcast is because I wanted to basically bring together people, actresses, actors that play criminals in films, mm -hmm. writers that write about uh, yeah. crime, people that defend criminals, people that prosecute criminals, police enforcement, you know, just everything that's criminal and, and you know, real criminals. And what, what is great is um, people, you know, it's, it's, it's like a club. I mean, it's like a, a true the crime members club. club of uh, criminals. Do you think you're gonna? Do you think, obviously, when the Duchess comes out, mm -hmm. um, what's your sort of? Are you are you gonna write the Duchess too, or are you gonna develop some more um, crime stuff, or or do you just want to do a crime movie, play the lead in it, produce it, just so you can say you've done one, or do you want to make some more crime movies? Oh God, Duchess was the fa favorite role yet that I've played, and I've played oh. a lot of cool roles, like I said. British fighter pilots, witches, everything. But Duchess was just badass, the most grounded, you know, right. southeast London girl. Um, but was the most fun I had ever. Filming. So that's your so, favourite role to date. Yes, definitely. Wow. Definitely. I'm excited to see it. Oh, I'm yeah, excited it's to a see good it. one. It's a good one. And I'm so proud. And obviously, we've got to make a movie together. We, we have, have, and it's got to be yeah. a crime one. Oh, it's got to sure. be done. <laughs> sure, there's no point doing it otherwise. No, exactly. <laughs> no honestly, but also right. like. The, as you just said, the commercial value of it. Like, people right. love... I want to make movies that people watch and people like, you know? So the tough thing now, I think, in movies is, unless you've got big stars, exactly. you've got to do something that's clearly defined in the genre. You know, after, we, we've exactly. tried over the years to do things that are different, things that no. critically acclaimed. And, and get it. The, the, <laughs> it's so difficult, you know, to mm -mm. to get the traction. And, 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 you know, it's sort of like... There's people that make horror movies, mm -hmm. right, that just make horror movies, like Blue Mouse. Yep. And they are amazing at that. Exactly. If you look at Scorsese, right? Scorsese is an amazing director. But if you was brutally honest and said, right, what's his best stuff? It's all the crime stuff. Absolutely. He's the king of crime. Do you know what I mean? 100%. If you look at the movies he's made. Um, and talking about Stallone earlier. Yes. Um, have you seen Tulsa King? No, I haven't. So he has just done this crime series where he's yeah. this aging mob, mob boss that gets sent out to, to this sort of godforsaken place. Um, check that out. And it is... Unbelievable. And it's on yeah. Paramount, so you've got to watch it. It's very good. Particularly very good. I think he's on Rambo 100 now, isn't he? Or Rocky. Do you, no, do you know something? <laughs> he wasn't in the new Rocky film, which, and I watched it, and really? I, I'll be honest with you, I did actually think it felt weird. Him not being in Not being weird. in it. Why was he it, not? He I, just... I, do you know what? I don't know. It was more about, obviously, the Creed character, and then, you know, he was, I mean, if no. he'd have been in it, he, it would have been like, he, he doesn't really need to be he in it. He doesn't need to be in it, right. Um, but, the thing is, I missed him being in it. Yeah, of course. Um, and when I saw him. when I saw that Tulsa t TV series, you know, everyone's going, "Oh, you know, he's in his seventies now. Why is he playing that part?" But I watched it and I thought, you know, something. Even even in his seventies, he's still amazing. Well, I watched Indiana Jones the other day. I thought, right. Did you have you seen it? The new Not one. Not yet. Brilliant. And yeah, he's right. fucking what early eighties, late seventies. He's amazing. I mean, to, I mean, yes, it is it is, it is mad though. If you think, uh, I mean, Tom Cruise. You know, I don't oh. know how old Tom is, but he's. You know, Brilliant. jumping out of planes, riding bikes over buildings. Ooh, and, and and you, you know, whoever's producing that movie, I know he produced it, but whoever's actually producing it for him or with him mm -hmm. must be sitting there when he's doing his things going, please, God, please don't let him. Because when he'd done that stunt and he actually jumped on the thing, he broke his leg and he got up and carried on running. You could see him going like that. Can you imagine the insurance? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, insurance. Do, but do you know Ooh. something? I, 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 oh. I take my hat off to him. I've never met him, but again, he's one of those guys that, you just watch, you look at his career and it, whatever he does, he's just been amazing. Gold. You know, it's, it's really yeah, good. Never met him. So talking about the Duchess, um, who directed that? 
So Neil Marshall directed it. Right, okay, from his ascent. Yes, yeah. who's brilliant at, at action horror. Right. And we got, yeah, so sitting there one day and I was like, you know, I want to do a, a, like a female Scarface. And Duchess was born and we've, um, I'm really happy with who we've got. So we've got Cole Meany, who right. of course is in Layer Cake and Gangs of London and all that good stuff. And um, Philip Winchester, um, classic, legendary Stephanie Beecham. Right, she's great. Yeah, amazing. So we've just got, and she's kind of like the female, the female Don. It's pretty, right. it's pretty, pretty cool. So, where, so, where, the, so why don't you just give us a little flavour yeah, of the yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? So it's about a southeast London girl that falls in love. It kind of, the, the first half of the movie plays a little bit like True Romance. Right. Um, one of my favourite movies. Um, and actually someone said it's, it, it's, if they can, if they have to make a comparison to this movie, they would say it's the love child of Tarantino and Guy Ritchie. I'm like, Do you know what? That's not a bad. It's not a bad. Yeah. Uh, so I was very People were like, I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, yes. Um, yeah, so it's about a Southeast London girl who falls in love with um, head of a cartel right. and everything's rosy. His men betray him. Things right. go, go down really bad. And she takes revenge. And she ultimately ends up taking over the cartel. Right. So it's it's a lot of blood, a lot of violence, a lot of swearing. Right. Um, I love the British element, but right. it's not it's not based here. It's based in Tenerife in the Canary wow. Islands, wow. Um, and it's kind of got an African vibe as well because it's about right. the diamond industry. Right. Because you know when I was writing the script, I thought, okay, gangsters, crime. Me let's sell it in Mexico. I thought, but it's it's been done so many times. Right. Cocaine, drugs. What else right. can we do? Let's do diamonds. Let's do the the cartel, drugs, gangsters in 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 diamonds. South Africa. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a big right. industry. Right. So um, yeah, so it's it's kind of got a touch of the um, it's got a touch of the blood diamond. Right. Okay. As well, which. Yeah. Well, I've, do you know? Do you know what I think? When you're creating a project, I think you need to um, try and uh, get into. Um, you know, if, 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 if there's a bit of Blood Diamond, if there's a bit of Scarface, there's a bit of Sure Romance, I don't think you can... Go the, wrong. Yeah, you've got to have the, <laughs> You've the got the ingredients, but the thing is, the motto, the whole motto of this, I said to my writing partner at the very get-go, we have to be as outrageous as possible. Now, if this right. was a studio reading this, and they did, we love it, we want it, we want to buy it off you, but we want to make it 40 million and we want Charlie Theron. And I said, absolutely not. Um, I said, let's go the other way. Let's do it as, let's do the things that the studios wouldn't want. Right. Tone, make it PC. Tone down the swearing, tone down the violence. Tone, no, the whole audiences today are so desensitized. You have to throw it in their faces. Right. And with quality and, you know, with, you know, quality work and good writing and all this stuff. But we, we've, I think we've got that. But we're as the motto of this. And you, when you see it, you'll, you understand it's as outrageous as, 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 um, as we possibly could have been. Yeah. But I think, again, you know, uh, with, with content now, you've got to do something to, to make it absolutely. stand out. Absolutely. You you've got to do to. something different. And it's, it's, uh, There's just so much out there. You have to. You absolutely have to. And, and that's I kind can't, of the motto of all my projects. And I can't, I can't remember actually seeing a movie where there's been a, been a female, strong female character that um, kicks ass and is the, the, you know, sort of, 
gangster Donette. It's pretty you know? cool, so, right? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. No, it was my it was my baby. You know, you always have these babies. It's my baby for a long time, and I'm I'm very proud of it. So so it was a tough shoot. I mean, we right. shot it during COVID. I right. got COVID during the shoot. The right. director got COVID. We nearly had to close down because we had it was it was a tough shoot. We were challenged every step of the way. I think the best part of filming in COVID was for us, right? Was I hated the the every every few days they come in and stuck all that stuff up your nose and down your throat. I mean that was just awful. No traffic. That was good. That was the best thing, <laughs> yeah. right? But what I loved, where we were set up, we were set up in um in South End and we um had two hotels, one for the actors, one for the crew, because that had to be kept separate. And everybody had a band. So the cut the crew had uh, different colour bands for different departments. And the actors all had different bands. So everybody were in their groups. But as the actors, we were in a hotel. Mm -hmm. And obviously, there's no one in the hotel. So literally every night, you know, you're, 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 <laughs> there's a hundred of you on a film set. Oh, wow. And bear in mind, this was this happened when the second lockdown happened. And I remember literally leaving leaving my house, thinking I'm glad all this shit's over now. Because, <clears throat> you know, it was it was nobody enjoys being locked up. In, in the house and being told they could got to wear a mask and they got to do this. Um, and I literally went away, got to the hotel a week before, so we was doing some rehearsals, and I was going to the David Lloyd in South End. I was training and I was right into it. And then literally we start filming. And then on like the third or fourth day, they went, we're in another lockdown. And I was like, fuck's sake, the gym shut. But then the only saving grace was obviously we was going back to the hotel. And obviously, because we was all in the same bubble, it was like normality. So we're all yes, like having a laugh. Nice. We're all hanging out. We're all eating together. We're all having a drink. We're all having a laugh on a film set. You know, everyone's because everyone's tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're it's like, okay. it's like you're having mm -hmm. your party for a hundred. <laughs> and you're safe. <laughs> and and, and, and safe. literally, I remember. Um, you know, I think it was the, I think it was like the twenty third of November, twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty. It was something like I can't remember, but whenever it was, I remember getting in my car. Thinking, oh, I'm really going to miss this. It's been such a laugh. And I've driven home and I've walked in, opened the door and I said, all right, everyone. Everyone's just sat like that. <laughs> and I was like, you all right? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't look, you know, you don't look that happy to see me. And they said, well, you know, we've been just sitting in here for fucking a month. The kids have just sat on the computers doing their own work all day. Oh, God. Um, you know, my wife was sort of oh. teacher, cleaner, cooking. I mean, you know, I actually felt sorry for her because... Because it was literally all put on her, you know, because I wasn't around and she had to sort of obviously do everything. And then it was like, what should we do tonight, guys? Uh, we want to watch something on Netflix, we get a takeaway. And it, that was lockdown. That was it. it was like, that was it. if we're not mm -hmm. cooking, we're having a takeaway yeah. and we're watching something on Netflix. I mean, I think that's why Tiger King was so popular. I fucking love Tiger King. I loved it. Oh my God, that came out right at the good, right time, didn't it? My son's watching it. And, and I said to him, I said, what is this shit you're watching? And he went, Dad, he said, trust me. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. And I, and I said, and, and, and he, he got to the end of it. And I said, I said, is it really that funny? He said, Dad, it's that good. I'll watch it again. So we sat and watched it and I'm sat there like that. I know. <laughs> and then people were ringing me up going, have you seen this thing, Kiking? And I was going, yeah. And I said, you know, and I, and I said, I think I know why people are watching it. And, and he said, why? And I said, I said, I think people, that people, are, people watch it and they think in their minds, I'm fucked up. <laughs> not that, not that so they watch it to Ooh. make them feel feel good you know it's true um, that was but, what was the other one everyone watched tiger king um squid game was another one wasn't it that was brilliant 
money heist. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there were so many great. Uh, and but I think it's it's that thing. I think lockdown. There was the there was the WhatsApps of that Barry character. There was the WhatsApps of. Um, uh, do you remember that they had them silly videos where people were dancing and they're doing that and then they so 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 yeah. girls would be like looking like all all frumpy and they go like that and then they're all dolled yep, up yep, yep. and then guys would be doing it and they'd be mm -hmm. doing it and they'd all go around and and it was just there was just bits of people got creative. Yeah, I, I wrote a script. I shot. I, sh I wrote a script during COVID and we shot it the following year. So. I, I, but I, I, it, it, it was sort of like the world shut, but everybody was. Busy, do you know yeah, what I mean? Everyone yeah, was sort yeah. of proactive. Yeah, yeah, writing scripts, absolutely making silly content for Instagram or for <laughs> WhatsApp, um, or or there was you know people people were doing these Zoom parties, weren't they? And having drinks um, and playing games on Zoom, and and then you know, it, but everyone was connected with content. So it was either music, yeah, it was WhatsApp, it was Instagram, or it was Netflix, or it was. Movies, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, have you seen this movie? My movie, The Reckoning, came out during COVID and it was wow. about the plague. Wow. I know. That was good timing. That was very good timing. <laughs> I know, but it was, a, it was a, yes, it was good because a lot of people saw it, I guess, on on the streamers, but it was meant to get a theatrical here and it didn't because of the right. COVID. Out, yeah. But then it did get a theatrical in the US, so. Right. Oh, COVID. So what, are you, so what are you writing now? Have you got any scripts you're working on? Or oh, yes, always. Well, I've just finished, so i just come back from Malta filming a... Um, crime thriller set in Malta. Right. Um, super, super excited about that one. Um, that's called Compulsion. Mm. And I am in the middle of writing something else now. So, so what, are you, what are you writing? This is, it's called... Was it a secret? No, no, no. <laughs> well, it's, so this is a horror. Okay. Um, it's called The Last Bride. Now there's a yeah. there's a famous musical called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Right. And it's, it's kind of fucked up really. It's kind of a really weird eerie concept and I thought that's kind of cool and it's so we've kind of turned the whole concept musical on its head and right. we've made it like the hills of eyes wrong turn kind of vibe right okay um and yeah it's it's pretty messed up who's gonna direct that right now we're we're we've got the script literally I just read it before I right, came okay. in here I'm super excited about it it was kind of my idea but I, mm. I hired a great writer for it uh, we're looking for a woman director. This needs a woman director. Right, okay. Because it's it's you know, it's very sensitive and the topic matter, yeah. and I think it needs a woman's perspective on this. So if there's any women watching this that are directors, get in touch with Charlotte. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm on the lookout. So, Charlotte, I mean, today's been great. I mean, we've had a, a really good chat. It, it, it's great hearing about your career, and, and, and hopefully at some point... Um, we've got to do a crime movie together. Well, no, we're definitely doing that, but, <laughs> I, but I think there's going to be... Uh, there will be an opportunity, no doubt, when all of your court cases end for you to sort of talk more. Um, so you yes. might have to come back again. Yeah, absolutely. I would um, love to. I want um, to. Um, but I'm looking forward to the Duchess coming out. Yes. That's going to be fun. Absolutely. I'll be on the carpet. Um, and um, yeah, no, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. Of course. On. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Criminal Connection podcast. Charlotte Kirk, what a great guest. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe tell all your mates about the Criminal Connection podcast and I'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.